the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. The answer, how is everybody this afternoon or on Saturday, November 19th, 2021? Welcome to the show, my friends. We've got a great show as usual with you. Uh, Our program, of course, is brought to you courtesy of Border Hawk News you want to know anything, anything about immigration and migration patterns across the country, across the world, what is happening on our southern border, why it's happening on our southern border, Border Hawk News is the place to go. So welcome to the show, my friends. Let me remind everyone that our program is pre-recorded, so uh, doesn't uh, we don't uh, need we don't want you to make any mistakes and and call the. Um, uh, the station to try to talk to us right now because, well, we're pre-recorded. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but you're, of course, welcome to um, send any uh, information, any questions. Uh, contact us here at the station anytime you want. Uh, of course, I am also available on Facebook, on uh, MeWe, on uh, uh, Twitter, uh, Smoke Signals, and a few other things. <laughs> so uh, you can always contact me as well. So, let's jump into it, and let me tell you who we've got uh, as uh, our guests today. And then uh, I'll tell you, I'll give you an update of what is going on, because yesterday, on Friday, the, uh, the House, the Democratic-dominated House of Representatives in Washington, D.C., passed the largest package, uh, and that's a nice way, way to put it, the largest budget, the largest amount of spending in the history of the United States. It is incredible. Uh, and, uh, of course, it it uh, uh, it uh, is supposed to be for social spending, uh, the majority of it. And uh, it's really frightening, my friends, because we are one state, one step, one major step closer to socialism with this, with this, um, with this legislation. Uh, the other issue is, uh, I, you know, the sincere question that I've got is, you know, we're all talking, we were all excited recently about uh, the election. Um, if the Re- if the Republicans take over again, take over the House, take over the Senate, are they going to uh, have the guts? Are they going to have the huevos to um, overturn, to uh, backtrack, to uh, uh, get rid of this legislation? Are we just going to live with it like we have with Obamacare? I mean, this legislation is is dangerous. It's dangerous, my friends, and it needs to be uh, overturned. It needs to be uh, it, it needs to be voted out again. And uh, you know, I, I just I'm sorry. I have got to question my Republican friends uh, in Congress in the Senate uh, as to whether or not they're going to have the guts to uh, get rid of it. Once government is made larger, once government takes more power, government rarely, rarely take, gives it back. Rarely gives it back. And in this case, my friends, it is very dangerous. It is extremely dangerous. So, uh, who are our guests today? Well, uh, our guests are Congressman Tony Gonzalez, uh, who is going to be talking to us, giving us an update about his district, which has the largest border uh, <clears throat> with Mexico of any district in the United States, as well as uh, what he is doing to fight this craziness 
in in uh, in Congress in the in 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 the, in the uh, House of Representatives. Um, we're going to talk chat with him about the issue of the um, uh, of inflation as well as the border. Those are two very very big issues that we're looking at uh, here in here in South Texas. Uh, our other uh, guests. Uh, Randy Clark, who is a reporter for Breitbart, is going to give us an update from his perspective of what is happening at the border and uh, what uh, hot stories they have been. He has been covering. Uh, Randy is uh, is very very knowledgeable, a very very interesting uh, gentleman, because not only is he a reporter now, he uh, also worked uh, as a border patrol agent at one point. Yes. Can you imagine? So he has seen it from both sides, my friend. He has seen it from both sides. Uh, so uh, Randy will give, be giving us a um, a uh, report from the from the border from uh, from his perspective. Our final guest is my, my good friend uh, Brent Smith, and Brent is the attorney is the county attorney for Kenny County uh, here in South Texas, and uh, Kenny County, as you recall, was the epicenter. They were the ones, I think they continue to be, the epicenter for the rebellion against the federal government regarding the issue of the border crisis. They drew the line. They said, you got to do something. It's out of control. And uh, they have been pushing. They have been very, very loud. They have been pushing the state. They have been pushing the federal government. Uh, they have uh, done all sorts of creative things to try to address it. Brent is going to be chatting with us about uh, what is happening, what continues to happen. Uh, how they continue to fight because uh, their residents in Kenny County, Kenny County is mostly re- rural, and they are uh, they are swamped, my friends. They are uh, are, are just being overrun uh, by uh, both uh, illegal aliens as well as the uh, the smugglers, the cartels themselves. So um, he is going to be uh, he's going to be our final guest. So uh, without further ado, let me go. Let me tra- chat with you real quick about uh, some of the news that's been going on. Of course. The big one on Friday that uh, the um, estimated, get this, estimated uh, uh, one, $1.7 trillion of social spending. Uh, it's dubbed the Build Back Better. Oh, gosh, I, I, can only, I, can, I can barely say this with a straight face. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Build Back Better. Uh, legislation, it was approved, and it went uh, nearly along party lines. Uh, there was one Democrat from Maine that voted against it, and there were several Republicans that voted for it. it it's incredible. And so um, the vote uh, came, even though the Congressional Budget Office, you know, we have been told consistently by the Democrats, uh, Nancy Pelosi in particular, that liar, uh, she has been saying that uh, this uh, package... This legislation was not going to uh, was not going to cost the American taxpayer anything. Well, the Congressional Budget Office came out, uh, and I think they put they, they put lipstick on this pig. But anyway, they said that it would add three uh, three hundred and sixty seven billion dollars in deficit uh, between twenty twenty two and twenty thirty one. That's how much it's going to add to the deficit three uh, three hundred and sixty seven billion dollars and that's not counting the the additional um the additional uh revenue that it might uh generate if uh uh if, if they push this tax enforcement provision now let me tell you about this tax enfor- pro- in, in enforcement provision my friends this tax enforcement is extremely dangerous because it's going to weaponize the irs more than what they are going to do the uh the, there there is this you know, uh, uh, the math to these Democrats is such that if you ask them, you have three apples and you take away three apples, how many apples do you have? They will say that you've got three, that you still have three apples. That's what they will say. In fact, some of them might say that you've got four apples. That's, that is the insanity. That is the craziness of their math. Well, there's all sorts of problems with this, uh, with, with this, uh, budget, my friends. There's all sorts of problems with it. Not only, I mean, I, I worry about the weaponization of uh, of the IRS, who is going to be given greater enforcement authority. Greater enforcement authority. If anyone doesn't need greater enforcement authority, it's the IRS. 
I mean, I'm sorry. These folks, these folks are are dangerous. They uh, are are uh, bullies. Uh, I have seen it. I have been a victim of it. I was a victim of it when I was president of the San Antonio Tea Party, and they will. I mean, they will come after you. Among the word, among the bad things, and there are so many bad things in this in this bill uh, of this one point seven five trillion dollar spending package. Okay, there are so many. Is that it's going to reward people who broke our immigration laws? Yes, it's got giveaways in there all over the place. Uh, at a time when 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 Biden, the Biden administration, when when they're so unpopular because they have they have created this huge border crisis and illegal immigration, the worst illegal immigration problem in in the history of the United States. And they win a razor thin. They they hold a razor thin majority in the House. They are going to be rewarding illegal aliens, illegal behavior, which is only going to encourage more of it, my friends. That's what they're doing. They are going to encourage more. They 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 the, the package includes money for separated families. It includes money for uh, uh, daycares for illegal aliens. It includes money to uh, transport them wherever they want. It, 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 it is insane, my friends. It is absolute insanity. It, it, it rewards illegal immigration. And if you reward bad behavior, guess what you're going to get? More bad behavior. Let's talk a little bit about this bad behavior, something that's been happening this past week. A couple of things, okay? First of all, first of all there was a Border Patrol agent in uh, Laredo that was involved in the shooting of an illegal alien this past Tuesday, okay? And uh, immediately the liberal media is screaming and yelling and, and uh, you know, they've already convicted this, this Border Patrol agent uh, of, uh, of uh, they, they already say that he's guilty of the shooting. And, and you know, uh, the, the media tries him and convicts him. And we don't even know the circumstances. It's still under investigation. This is very, very similar to the situation the uh, this past Tuesday also, this past week. Uh, liberals and leftists uh, it, were all upset because uh, the, uh, the investigation on the, go- on the Border Patrol agent that uh, was accused of whipping, yes, whipping the uh, Haitian, uh, they were very, very upset about that and uh, that uh, the investigation hasn't gone forward. Again, my friends, the media, the media screaming and yelling for blood, that is not their role. People in the United States are innocent until proven guilty. Remember that? Remember that sl- that slogan? Remember that saying? People in the United States are innocent until proven guilty. However, that's not the case. That is certainly not the case for the left. Uh, whenever whenever they're they're after uh, someone who is in law enforcement, border patrol, or police officers. Or when uh, someone has defended themselves with the Second Amendment, uh, in 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 keeping with the Second Amendment, like uh, Rittenhouse than in uh, up in Wisconsin. I mean, yeah, this is uh, this is their their role, my friends, is no longer to inform the public. Their role, the role of the fake news, is now to encourage, uh, in, in, encourage and promote the, the leftist agenda. My friends. Uh, Welcome to the show. Call your friends. Tell them to join us. Uh, And uh, we will be right back with our first guest. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got our good friend, Congressman uh, Tony Gonzalez. Uh, 
uh, from the state of Texas. Uh, and uh, I wanted to reach out to him because, uh, of course, we all know that his district has the largest uh, border with Mexico. And I uh, wanted him to give us an update about what he is seeing and hearing, as well as uh, get some comments about um, uh, the general state of the uh, economy, particularly the energy uh, that uh, serves his community, which is vast and rural. Congressman, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Um, can you uh, give us an update of what uh, you hear and see about uh, what's going on with the border in your, in your district? Yeah, of course. Hey, George, happy to, uh, glad to be on, back on your show. Um, you know, um, one of the things with the border is nothing has really changed. If anything, uh, things have kind of continued to deteriorate. And, uh, you know, there's been times when it's gotten a lot of attention, and then there's been times when it hasn't. Like recently is, like lately, you don't see a lot of um, news on the border um, like you did before, like you did in Del Rio when there was those nearly 20,000 Haitians under a bridge. But the reality is things are still as bad as ever. And, uh, and um, you know, one of the things is, look, yesterday uh, DHS Secretary Mayorkas was on Capitol Hill testifying, and, you know, his answers were very vague and also uh, trying to kind of downplay the crisis. And anytime you have leadership like that that won't take ownership in a crisis, it's not going to get better. So one of the things that I do up here in, in, in Congress and back in the district as well is just constantly hold the administration accountable, just call balls and strikes. And if they're not doing something, they need to be it, it needs to be upfront on what they're not doing. And sadly, this administration is not doing a lot of things like reimplementing the remain in Mexico policy. They came out and they said they were going to do that. Here we are mid-November and they still haven't implemented some of these different issues. So we got to hold them accountable. This uh, situation, uh, particularly with the remained in, in uh, Mexico policy, um, it, it seems to me, uh, I was down there on uh, this weekend uh, mm -hmm. at the border, and um, it, it seems to me like this discussion of offering people $450,000 for separating families, that that seems to have become another incentive. I mean, I saw a lot of people crossing, a lot of unaccompanied kids crossing uh i saw a lot of families crossing and um you know still they are separating the children uh from the from uh, the adults because they don't know who you know if the, if the adults are really their their parents sure um, I, I do you think this is going to provoke more uh of a situation of uh an incentive for people to cross it is a terrible precedent to be setting and this solely it, it goes back to the the Biden administration's strategy of whatever Trump did, we want to undo, and we want to blame the Trump administration for, ever, for all our problems. You know, this this let uh, let it, uh, this um, this lawsuit is it tackles during the Trump era, a couple of years during the Trump era. So they they want to point the finger, they want to point the finger at somebody else instead of just solving the problem. And what it also does, uh, you know, it's it's four hundred fifty thousand per person, up to a million dollars per family. I mean, it's astronomical. Here we are. Here we have, you know, this inflation crisis that the Biden administration has caused. This supply chain issues, and and they want to give they want to give uh, illegal aliens up to a million dollars. I mean, you, you can't even make this stuff up. But it's their it's their it's the way they view the world. And it, it is only going to, as you as you pointed out, it is only going to encourage more illegal immigration to occur. It's an absolute wrong approach. Wow. Uh, let me switch gears with you because um, the other issue that seems to be um, uh, hurting folks, uh, particularly in the wide open spaces of Texas, is uh, the price of gasoline. Uh, I. Uh, filled up my uh, my uh, little focus in uh, Junction this past week, and it was almost yeah. forty dollars. <laughs> yeah, and that was my focus. I can just imagine what a truck, how much it costs to fill up a truck. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. The the inflation is real. Like it isn't made up. This is real. We all feel it. We all. 
Um, we all are dealing with it, and it's solely because the Biden administration has chosen to just spend money like crazy. They've chosen to uh, just th- these giveaways. They don't help at all. They just cause uh, further damage. And what they what they do is they hurt they hurt middle and low and low income families. Right. At the end of the day, the family is going is going to be hurting on this. You know, the, the millionaires and the billionaires, they don't even look at the price tag when they're pumping gas. But when you're trying to, to, to put food on the table and, and, you know, make sure your kids go to school and, 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 and take care of your family, you're watching every dollar. And it's not just gas. I mean, don't get me wrong. Gas is through the roof. But uh, but look, this Thanksgiving, everybody is going to be paying more and it's going to be due to it's going to be due to Joe Biden. Uh Look, a 15-pound turkey going to cost you 27% more. Wow. Uh, pumpkin pie, 17% more. Bag of potatoes, 13% more. I hope you don't like carrots because that's going to cost you 47% more. Oh, my it's God. Just like a, <laughs> it's crazy. And that's just a little snapshot of a snapshot. What what it means is the, the regular, everyday, blue-collar American is paying more and because of Joe Biden. It's it's really it's really outrageous, particularly in these rural areas yes. where, you know, where people have to travel long distances uh, or where, you know, goods and services have to come from a long distance. Oh, that's absolutely right. Look, my district is uh, I've got some urban areas, but I also have a lot of rural areas. And in the rural areas in particular, you know, uh, there there is a limited amount of opportunities there. So you really have to be able to stretch a dollar. And the other thing too is you have a lot of farmers and ranchers. Well, guess what? I can't I can't use my Tesla to, uh, <laughs> to haul hay. You know what I mean? I, I need a pickup truck if I'm going to haul hay or or deal with livestock. And the pickup truck's just going to burn more gas or diesel. So it, it's 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 this attack on middle and low uh, low income America. And, and you know this it, there's an elitism here in Washington in D.C that Joe Biden has just led. It's so crazy. You know, I grew up in, in a household where, you know, my grandfather was a staunch Democrat and it was always the Democrats are for the poor and Republicans are for the rich. I'm sure you've heard that. Oh yeah. You know, oh, yeah. too, when you were growing up. Yes. That that is that has changed, George. I mean Republicans are now the 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 party of blue collar America. And the Democrats are now the party of elitism. It is completely changed, and it's very evident in their policies. Uh, you know, these giveaways—they're trying to cram through this, you know, this uh, trillions of dollar package. Well, guess what? In there, you know, they're pushing this green, you know, this uh, electronic vehicles. Okay, but one of the things that's in there that no one's really talking about is there's a tax incentive for companies. Uh, that are going to be producing uh, these electronic vehicles, but only if they used organized labor. Oh my like, God. It's just, it is absolutely sickening. And it goes back to it. The Democrats have become the party of the elitism. Yes, you can't, you know, uh, owning a new Tesla, that's, that's not a cheap vehicle. That's, a, <laughs> that's, like, that's like a luxury vehicle that makes you feel good that you're helping the economy. But but you know it's, those things aren't those things aren't cheap you know it's fifty it, sixty seventy thousand dollars. Let, let me let me ask you this final question. Maybe you can leave us on a very positive note because yes. uh, we saw you we saw you a lot on TV uh, right after mm-hmm. the election last week. Um, uh-huh. What do you think? Uh, give us your interpretation again of the election. Oh wow! Uh, look, it, it is evident. Uh, you know, the, the, you always hear the saying, "Elections have consequences." Well, it is absolutely right. And you, you know, you saw the election in Virginia. Actually, honestly, throughout the country, but the governor's race in Virginia, here in uh, here in Texas, you know, flipping HD one eighteen. Uh, now you've got you know uh, Ryan Ryan uh, Gillian from uh, Gian. I'm sorry, Gian from uh, South Texas switching parties. It's a it's a good time to be a Republican, but we need to we need to win at all levels, especially in our schools. This CRT uh, junk that they're trying to push is very real. We got to protect our schools, so we need to win these these school boards. We need to win these local elections. We need to win these state races. And here in the House, we have to take back the House, and we have to do it with a huge number 
So that way, when we come back in, in, in 2023, we start, we start riding the ship and putting America back on track. But it's very clear, the, the, the American people uh, with that election a few weeks ago have spoken and said, you know, Democrats are heading the wrong direction, which is a great opportunity for Republicans. We just got to make sure we stay on course. You got it. Congressman, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us this morning. Uh, any closing thoughts that you can leave with us? Yeah, you know, my closing thoughts is, and in particular on the border, is we have to remain vocal on what is happening. It is the only way. They want us to be silent. Uh, you know, they want the news to the news cycle to go away, and they want us to be talking about other things. The, the, the Democratic Party is very good about creating distractions. We have to remain focused. We have to remain. We have to. We have to highlight that this open border, that these open border policies that Joe Biden is creating is hurting us and we have to make sure we're we're up front and center on all of that because it the reality it hasn't gone away and it won't go away until joe biden is long no longer our president Got it. we've been speaking with our good friend uh, congressman tony gonzalez from uh, from texas congressman thank you very very much for taking time to be with us this morning Thanks, George. Happy uh, Thanksgiving, brother. Thank you. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got our very good friend Randy Clark with Breitbart. And um, Randy, of course, uh, is uh, a great reporter, not only because uh, of his abilities to find the story, but also his background. He was uh, was a uh, Border Patrol agent at one point. So not only is he seeing the um, uh, what is going on uh, right now from the perspective of a newsman, but he's also been right in the middle of it uh, as a, as an agent. So, Randy, thank you very much, as usual, for joining us today. Um, tell us, give us an update of what you're seeing at the border. Uh, has anything slowed down? Has anything changed? And we're particularly uh, concerned about the, what we hear about this very violent, aggressive caravan that's coming our way. Well, George, good morning, first of all, and thanks for having me. Uh, you know, there there was a tiny bit of a light at the end of this tunnel. It was about 20,000 less than the month before. However, like we spoke about the last time I visited with you, you know, we're going into this new fiscal year starting October at a pace that we didn't have under the previous administration. So we are miles ahead of where we started. We're on pace to probably hit more than 1.8 million apprehensions, which will break the all-time record as before. So the light at the end of the tunnel just really turned out to be another train. I was in uh, the Rio Grande Valley, which is the busiest sector in a border patrol, just last week. I'm seeing the same thing. I was down on the river bottom with our guard soldiers uh, several nights. The uh, migrants are still coming, almost at a pace that just doesn't seem to have any end to it, mostly family units. Uh, where I was at, surrendering to the guard troops uh, with infants, small children, and then get turned over to the border patrol for processing. And most of those we know will be released, which is just part of the draw that has folks coming here. But I think more alarming than that is what I'm seeing closer to my neck of the woods where I live in uh, the Del Rio sector. Uh, a story I did last week highlights uh, a group of migrants in one day, 12 in one day, were apprehended from what we call, the border patrol calls, uh, significant interest countries. And that involves citizens of, of Afghanistan, of Pakistan, of Syria, and uh, Indian nationals. So that's not to say that those people per se are terrorists, but it does say that they exhibit the same travel patterns because they're coming from some of those regions where we have issues with terrorism and terrorist groups that are active. So that's a, that's a bit concerning. So really not a lot has changed except that it's still a crisis and it's still really uh, you know untenable for the border patrol to maintain the pace they're at right now you uh, you talk about these um, you know these uh, other than Mexican uh, aliens particularly from the Middle East uh, is there any effort to try to vet uh, or to try to stop these folks uh, who might just you know pretend or, or even look like uh, 
you know, they, they, they can even look like uh, Central Americans, like Latinos. Uh, I mean, are they, is there any effort to try to vet these folks? Well, so we, we obviously have some intelligence mechanisms within the United States government. The problem is when you overwhelm that ability to look ahead and see what's coming to us, with all the traffic we have right now, you're bound to miss something. Two of these 12 that I was talking about were in a Mexican immigration prison uh, just a week before and managed to escape during a disturbance and ended up at our southern border. So the fact that they are making it to the southern border unannounced, that's, that's what should alarm everybody. Uh, our intelligence reaches out there. I'm sure if they were part of some organized plot, we may have had some advance notice as far as the government is concerned. But in this case, we didn't. So that tells you that the traffic flow that those people might use to get across the globe and to our southern border is pretty much open right now because of the policies and the draw that we've created so much clutter surrounding the highest risk that we're missing some of the folks that are coming from that region. So it, it unnerves me a great deal. The um, situation with uh, with COVID, with the... Uh, with, again, with checking folks uh, as, as they come in, not only should we worry worried about these terrorists, but also the um, the criminal element. Uh, element, but also now, uh, I just don't think that they're um, uh, checking anybody for COVID like uh, like they're supposed to, right? Well, we know that those that go into ICE custody are getting tested, but the test results have very little impact on what happens to those folks. They're still going to be released. They're still going to go into the communities. They'll be asked to voluntarily quarantine, but they want to get to their destination as quick as possible. So we know there's a big gap there. We also know uh, from a story I did not too long ago that this has been the deadliest year for line-of-duty deaths for the Border Patrol in the history of the organization. Wow. And it's back to 1924. Uh, we have lost more agents in the line of duty, and the vast majority of those are due to COVID deaths from some of these overcrowded facilities. So there's nothing safe, there's nothing humane about what's going on in these Border Patrol agents. You know, albeit they have their hands tied, they're doing a tremendous job with the overcrowding, with the constant you know influx of migrants, very little time out on patrol to catch some of these folks that would be a higher threat. Uh, so they're in a bad predicament. You know this um, uh, this situation also of um, uh, the impact on the border patrol agents. Has there been greater violence resistance by these um, people that they apprehend uh, against border patrol agent, agents? Well, so that that's the striking thing is that you would make that assumption that because everything has gone up apprehension wise so astronomically and exponentially, that so too would those have assaults gone up. But you have to remember. Bulk of these people are family units, and they're surrendering. And the bulk of the border patrol agents are in, indoors in that high COVID risk environment, processing and not out in the field catching violent offenders for the most part and narcotic smugglers, where usually those assaults will occur. So the assaults are remaining pretty much level because of that. They're slightly higher, but not astronomically. And it's for that reason our border patrol agents are not out in the field patrolling against the greatest threats to America. They are dealing with the humanitarian effort of accommodating thousands of family unit unaccompanied minors every single day and there doesn't seem to be any any effort by the uh, administration to do enforcement everything is humanitarian doesn't it yes uh, even on the interior side ice has all been abolished not through defunding but through policy we've changed policies where folks know that if they get past that initial border region no one will ever look for them we will ask them to turn themselves in later on and let us know where they're at we will, we will not, as a country, go after them, and they know that, and that's part of the draw. As far as the, the caravan you mentioned coming in, you know, that's, that's something important to watch. But it's also important to remember the caravans are a political tool. They're a means of those migrants that are in that group, illegal aliens that are in that group. They're avoiding cartel smuggling fees, and they're traveling as a group to make a statement led by organizers. But that group, you know, can swell from 6,000 and reduce to 3,000 because of the illnesses that they're, that they're facing. And the march to the United States is very slow. That's why we're allowed to kind of monitor and look. But the cartels deliver at the door of the southern border the equivalent of that each and every day of the week, whether it's a Sunday or a Tuesday. The average apprehensions right now are about 5,000 a day that you and I didn't get to see coming in the media. The cartel moves those surreptitiously. These folks are well organized, and they're coming to make a statement and to impact policy change in Mexico and further policy change here in the United States. Now the uh, we're watching also the we've had some reports about the uh, the situation at Belarus and and the Polish border and it seems to be very very similar to what we're looking at where uh, migrants are demanding with the help of foreign countries to uh, enter a uh, a sovereign nation I mean 
Could could there be any kind of coordination going on here? I, you know, I don't think, you know, there could be on a very global scale of folks who empathize with open borders nationwide, maybe some, you know, large-scale overhanging funder of that thing on a global scale. It's not showing itself directly, but the activities are the same. You mentioned violence, this violent caravan, because every time the, the National Guard in Mexico or the INM, which is their National Institute of Migration, tries to stop and they meet resistance, it's met with violence. It's They are pummeled, the stones are thrown, and that's what they're doing on that Belarus border also. They're stoning some of these folks that are trying to protect their sovereignty. And that would happen here if they met resistance as well. Yeah, well, it'll be very, very interesting what happens at our border when, the, when these caravans re- reach, to, reach them, because, I mean, if they're going to be violent, my gosh. Um, Tell the folks where they can follow you uh, at, at Breitbart, because uh, uh, you always have some great information and, and uh, reports for us. Yes, they can follow me uh, at Breitbart.com uh, for, for mine and another uh, and a bunch of other great stories about our border crisis right now. And they can also follow me on Twitter at Randy Clark BBTX, at Randy Clark BBTX. Um, anything that you'd like to share just before we let you go? No, George, except you be safe out there. Thank you so much for visiting with me today. You got it. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with our good friend Randy Clark from Breitbart at the border. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks, this is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM Radio. The answer, and we've got our good friend, Mr. Brent Smith, the uh, Kenny County attorney. We talked to him way back in uh, March when this uh, border crisis started accelerating. And, of course, Kenny County has been at the very front because Brent has been at the very front of the battle. And uh, so we wanted to check back with him. We haven't talked to him in a while. We wanted to check back with him to give us uh, an update of what they are doing, what they are seeing, and uh, if there's any... um, a glimmer of hope at the at the end of the tunnel. Brent, thank you very very much for taking time to be with us. Uh, tell us wh- what uh, what is um, what's give us an update of what you guys are facing and and um, whether or not uh, you know uh, the cavalry, either the federal or the uh, state cavalry, has arrived to help you guys in any form or fashion. Thanks, George. Good to be here again. Um, you know, I I for being gone for so long. It's been been a long time, but we've been really busy in Kenny County. Uh, we've been trying to take this uh, tiger by the tail and something done to protect our residents. And um, we've, we've made some progress in certain areas, and, and you know, we've been met with some pushback in others. Uh, right now, I believe Kenny County has about 1,600 arrests that uh, they're on the books that are we're currently prosecuting. And we're working with the Board of Prosecution, or my office is working with the Board of Prosecution Unit to try to get some resources and, uh, you know, the, the right people in the right spots to tackle this caseload. And, in fact, one of the things that I was looking at this last week is, you know, the states come forward to said, you know, we're here to provide you resources to tackle this giant, you know, go for it. And so, well, how many resources do we need? And so what I started looking at is, is the amount of cases that we're getting. And it looks like probably currently in, with the status quo, we're about 500 to 600 cases or arrests, anyway, uh, per month which is about 6000 per year, six to 7000 per year. And um, looking at other counties across the state, what I want to try to do is see what resources other counties have that have that similar caseload used to handle it. And we're about on par with Denton County or Galveston County as far as that amount of prosecution. So what we're planning on doing is reach out to them to see, like, okay, how many assistant prosecutors do you use? How many clerks do you use? How many, you know, try to use that same personnel footprint. Um, and request that from the state to handle this. Uh, so, you know, that's that's uh, the good news is, is the resources, the monetary resources are supposedly there. And so we're going to start trying to get those resources on the ground in Kenny County. But we, we're behind on that. The, when Operation Lone Star began, the defense side 
was part of the was part of the conversation apparently, and they have all the lawyers, they have all the legal systems already lined up, and we're, we're playing catch up at this point. So that's one issue we're tackling there. Um, as far as um, on the law enforcement side, we're getting help there too. It's slow and coming, but we're getting the resources planned out. In fact, I was now let you know that this, um, you know, recently we've we've had a meeting with DPS and some. Um, private contractors about technology-based things. And one of the things we're looking at is a certain type of technology that will be able to tell law enforcement in Kenya County, including DPS, exactly how many illegals each day in, in real time are coming into the county as soon as they cross the county line, and how many there are, what direction they're heading, and everything. And I think that's in the works of hoping to get approval from the state to use. But if that does happen, that's going to be huge. We're going to be one of the first counties that I know of that actually knows how many people are illegally entering the county from Mexico or, you know, other countries. And um, so I have high hopes on that that the state will come through and get that technology in place. Uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, situation in Del Rio, which is right next door to you guys, uh, was all over the news uh, recently. Uh, did that affect you guys in any form or fashion, or uh, has uh, has the uh, illegal alien traffic slowed down or s- continues the same? Well, are you talking about the, the Haitians or yeah, the, the... The Haitian situation okay. that was there. Well, as far as I know, uh, the Haitians have not tried to you know, walk cross-country, and, and some have, but very little. I have not seen any cases come in that, that, that anyone from Haiti. Granted, you know, many times when we're following trespassing charges, I don't even look at the nationality. It, it's, you know, within the property of permission. But as far as I know, that issue has not affected Kenny County. But what happened? Well, it has. I take that back. The Haitians were there to, to deal with that. It left the border wide open. We had a lot of, you know, uh, issues with our normal traffic rising. Uh, no law enforcement on the highways. The, the checkpoints were closed uh, for several days. And so it was literally an open border with nothing there. And so, yeah, we did have an uptick and um, and traveling. But on the other side, we didn't have an uptick of arrest because all law enforcement was literally at no will at that bridge. So the arrest numbers from that period were zero. But our reports and our incidents skyrocketed. Does that make sense, I guess? Yeah. That, uh, you know, it, it, was, uh, it was very, very interesting to watch. Also, the discussion that's been going on uh, regarding placing um, uh, containers uh, along the border to uh, prevent uh, people from crossing. Uh, do you think that that's been effective, or uh, what are you uh, I, I think it could be effective. It depends how you place them. Um, I know there's probably you know, not enough containers to, uh, to put on the Texas border to make a wall, but perhaps if you put enough of them in, in a hot spot, and uh, I have seen some video footage where it appears to be some type of gaps in between the containers. Now, do those, you know, DPS or the National Guard plan on putting some type of constantine wire between those or personnel? I don't know. But, you know, obviously you can't have containers with a gap in between them. It doesn't really do much good. Correct. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping that they have enough common sense to see that, that you have to have something in between there. Gotcha. Well, uh, in, in closing, because I know that you're, that you're traveling right now, we don't want to distract you too much, but um, uh, in closing, uh, do you have you guys made any any recommendations to to Washington or to the state as to what needs to happen? Something obvious like shut down the border? Absolutely. Well, we haven't made any recommendations to Washington because, in my opinion, it's not worth wasting your breath with this administration and trying to give them advice because they're you know. It's, and yet, giving them advice would would be based on a presumption that they don't know what they're doing. Uh, they know exactly what they're doing. They're, they're facilitating an open border for an invasion to occur of this country. So our advice have been, has been more directed to the state. And um, I, the advice that I have given is really centered upon we have to prevent the entry from occurring in the first place. Once someone steps foot on U.S. soil, it's a quagmire of laws and regulations on who has jurisdiction to actually deport them. Uh, you know, people have their own opinions. But one thing is clear. If 
they don't step on U.S. soil, DHS has no jurisdictional authority to apprehend that person and deal with them. If they don't, if they don't come to the country to begin with, then that's a problem solved. And we talked about putting water barriers up in, in the actual river that would disallow anyone from illegally entering. And, of course, you would have some issues with the international water boundaries. But, you know, I spoke to one of the governor's chief policy advisors the other day, and, and he was, I told him about this idea, and he said, well, you know, state versus Arizona, the Supreme Court's case said this and this, and the likelihood of winning is slim. And I just looked at him, I said, look, the people of Texas are not concerned about losing a lawsuit. They're concerned about losing their state. Yep. And that's what it really comes down to. Couldn't say it better. <laughs> Very true. Uh, and, and the other thing that was kind of disheartening talking that same individual was that um, you know, we talked about the term invasion and he, he said that I believe that this is an invasion but it's not an invasion under the Constitution of the United States or the Texas Constitution and I, I, just, I, I looked at him and I said well is, is there a different spelling of invasion I'm not aware of that, that you know says invasion in the Constitution and he just admitted this was an invasion what is there you know is it a conditional invasion I'm not I'm not following that. So I think one thing we're going to have to battle is we have, we have a lot of policy makers in Austin that they don't really grasp the, uh, the gravity of the situation. It, this is a much dire circumstance, I think, than they realize. So that's something we're going to have to somehow educate them. Yeah, and that's so true, so true. Buddy, uh, would you like to leave us with any closing thoughts that we've, uh, we haven't asked you? Uh, well, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen that can improve the situation, and uh, probably 90% of them have to do with the legislature. So that means we have to get another special session called very soon. And I think people, if they want to help, we need to push and go into call another special session. I agree. I agree. It's, uh, you know, we've got to, we've, well, first of all, we also have to get people to the polls to get people elected. That's right. <laughs> to the right place. Well, we thank you very much, Brent, very, very much for, for, well, for the fight, for the leadership that you provided and for the fight that you continue to do, and, uh, of course, for, for uh, updating us. We've been speaking with our good friend Brent Smith from Kenny County. He is the attorney for, for Kenny County. Uh, Brent, thank you very, very much for, for uh, taking time to be with us. Come, George, any time. Till next time, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio. The answer, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you've enjoyed the program. Our program, as mentioned before, is brought to you courtesy of Border Hawk News. If you want to know anything about uh, migration patterns, about immigration across the country, across the world, Border Hawk News is the place to go and uh Look at, uh, read, read the articles, read the reports, read, uh, there's even uh, videos, etc., etc. Border Hawk News is where you want to know, where you want to go if you want to know anything, anything about immigration. Um, also, my friends, uh, let me uh, remind everyone that uh, El Conservador, yours truly, is available uh, for speaking engagements, if you uh, want to know, if you uh, want to uh, invite me anywhere, just please uh, contact me at uh, at uh, George Rodriguez El Conservador, either on Facebook or on uh, uh, MeWe or on Twitter uh, or here at the station. You can call our station and you can uh, leave a message and, uh, and uh, you can uh, let me know if uh, you're in- interested in uh, in uh, having me at, a, at an event uh, for a speaking engagement. Also, also very, very importantly, my friends, let me explain to you that um, uh, it is uh, we are working like crazy to find sponsors for our program. Uh, it, it, the fact of the matter is that the cancel culture, my friends, frightens people. The cancel culture frightens people. They, uh, as you recall last year, uh, during the presidential election, the um, uh, Castro boys, Joaquin Castro, the congressman in particular, uh, outed a bunch of people that uh, supported the president, uh, President Trump at that point, that were support, that were donating to his campaign, outed them, uh, made their names public. Now, the only reason that he did that was in hopes that that uh, his liberal leftist friends would uh, would boycott them. 
That has caused a lot of people to be afraid, a lot of people to be afraid to sponsor conservative radio, to sponsor conservatives on radio. It, uh, it has frightened them, and that's the fact. We need, my friends, we need folks to uh, work with us, to sponsor our programs on, 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 on radio, to uh, help us to uh, give us voice so that we can uh, speak out, speak against this tyranny that is going on. Uh, the, we know that the, the left wants to silence us in so many ways. My good friend, Tucker Carlson, how many times they, they tried, or they continually try to shut him up and shut him down. I mean, uh, they, they put out nasty comments about him. They put out rumors. They go to his house and protest. Uh, it, it, is not a, it is not a pleasant situation. Uh, I am regularly am confronted by folks uh, who uh, recognize me uh, at uh, the, the store or in the street or at even at a restaurant, and uh, you know they will uh, be very. Some of them will be very very pleasant, but I've had uh, occasions when somebody will scream and yell uh, obscenities at me because well because I am el conservador. Uh, so my friends, we're constantly looking for folks who will sponsor our program. If you know someone, if you are someone who would like to sponsor our program on this radio station, please let us know. Please let us know. Contact the station, uh, and we'll be more than happy to, to work with you. The other thing is uh, that uh, we uh, I have my book for sale, El Conservador, uh, Conservative Opinions. You can uh, check it out on uh, online. You can check it out at uh, uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon. Uh, I encourage you to please uh, support us. Uh, buy the book. Uh, the book is all about fake news, uh, race relations, and uh, illegal immigration. Hot topics for right now, my friends. Hot topics for right now, and I guarantee that you will enjoy it. So, uh, without further ado, let's. Uh, we will be uh, closing here, and I thank you once again for joining us, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM radio. The answer, please tell your friends about our show uh, and join us next week. You can hear us also online uh, on your computer, uh, even if you're not within uh, the listening distance. So thank you very much for being with us. Till next time, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.